Hallelujah. Isn't the band awesome? Can we give them a hand? Is that okay? Whoa. Can we give Jesus a hand? Awesome. It's good to be here in, in Port Lincoln. I was well behaved this morning. I'm going to not be well behaved today. So is that all right? So you, you get the crazy Josh and they had the refined Josh. Hallelujah. Who's good to be in the house? Glad to be in the house of God today. Hallelujah. Cool. I just want you to, to just take a moment, take a breath if we can. And because um, the Holy Spirit's in this room and um, he wants to do things today. I believe that. And I just want us to take a moment because I, I can say a multitude of things, but one touch from him changes you. Can we just close our eyes just for a moment and, and bow our heads? Let's just pray. Lord, we just thank you for your spirit that's in this place. Lord, we thank you that we've had the opportunity to gather together, Lord, and, and worship you. And we just ask that you would breathe over your word right now. We just ask that signs and wonders would follow the preaching of the word. Lord, I pray it would not be my words, but your words. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. The title of my message today is Gather Around the Fire. And we've got a little image around here if it gets, comes up in a second. And um, there it is. On this cold Sunday morning, I thought I'd bring the fire. Not the campfire, but the Holy Ghost. And we're going to get around the Word. In your Bibles, I want to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. And while you're doing that, I shared this morning as well, but I'll share it again. I, had a, I felt the Lord give me a word for this church. And what I saw was an eddy. And an eddy in a river is a bit where the water is a bit still. So the, the stream may be rushing and torrenting, but the eddy's still. And what I saw in that picture was the river had streams and it had debris in it and dirt. But in the eddy, there was this, this pure, pure water. And what I saw for this church, the name of the church is One Heart. I felt like that as you have one heart and one mind to serve the Lord, that the purity that is in this house is going to flow into the stream. And Jesus said that out of our belly will flow rivers of living water. Didn't he say that? And I believe that what's in this house is going to affect the streams that have been tainted, the streams that have had debris and rubbish and it's going to make it pure. Is that cool? So I want to encourage you to allow what's in you to flow because out of this house is going to come something great. So we're going to talk about gathering around the fire. I want to talk about gathering. I want to ask you a question today. What are you gathering around in your life? The enemy had a massive hit with COVID and we were unable to gather. He, he took a, a, a really a time of, of separation and made us social distance. Who loves that? Beck tells me that all the time, social distancing, hold back, get away. No, she doesn't. My wife loves me. I have one wife, two kids. We're going well. Pray for me. We need it. Pray for her, actually. I need, she, she needs the prayer. I don't need the prayer. She's perfect. I'm not so perfect. But here I am. Thanks be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Gather around the fire. The first thing I want to talk about is gathering around the anointing. We're going to look at Elijah and Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 2. If you've got it, say amen. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal, and Elijah and Elisha said, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went 
to Bethel. So here we have Elijah and Elisha. And to give you a bit of context, Elijah had an amazing anointing from God to, to bring healings, to bring restoration, to bring words for the kingdom. And here we have Elisha, who was Elijah's protege, his disciple, his, his, his student, as you will. And he is learning these things. And Elijah says to Elisha, I've got to go on a journey. You need to stay here. Where I'm going, you can't come. But I love Elisha's um, diligence and his strength that even when Elijah says you've got to stay, he says, now i got to come to wherever you're going because I feel like God's going to do something. Can I encourage you that God wants to do something in this house? Our job as believers is to be in the room. Sometimes just coming in the room and being in the house of God is all you can do. Can I encourage you, if that's all you can do, then get here because God will use whatever's in your hand. He doesn't need amazing things. He just needs willing hearts. God doesn't need beautiful vessels. He needs vessels that are willing to be filled and able to move. Can I encourage you that God can only use a moving object? He can't use stationary, stubborn people. But if you're moving and maybe you don't know where you're walking, that's why I wear shiny shoes so I know where my feet are going. I don't get lost. I'm like, <laughs> I never trip over when I wear these shoes because if I go a bit wonky, I know I'm, I pull it back in a line. But God can't use stationary objects. He can't use people who have their arms folded, but he can use people who are willing to worship, willing to receive. Can I be clear with that? So here we have, he says, I ain't going anywhere. I'm following you to where you, you're going. So Elisha, after this conversation, Elijah says, all right, you're going to come all the way. And they get to the point of the Jordan. And it says that Elijah takes up his mantle and he strikes the water and the waters part and they go over to the dry ground. I want to encourage you with this, that when you gather around the anointing, someone else's anointing will only take you to their destination. But what God has put in you will take you to your destiny. See, Pastor Rob and Pauline, they can take you to a particular destination, but he can't physically take you to your destiny. It's only you and God, or more so God in you, that can take you to your destiny. But anointings and what people carry sparks faith. It increases our, our ability to believe, and it just says, well, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. And Elisha says, if he's going to do it for Elijah, then he's going to do it for me. And Elisha, Elijah says to Elisha, he says, what do you want? What do you want? Let's read it. It's in verse 8, I think verse 9. He says, please let there be a double portion of your spirit upon me. I love Elisha. He's just keen, isn't he? He's hungry. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. I love this picture of Elijah telling Elisha to keep his eyes peeled. He doesn't know how it's going to happen. He doesn't know when it's going to come from. But Elijah says to him, keep your eyes open because something is about to take place. Isn't that the life we live in Christ? that we don't always understand it, we don't always know how it's going to work out, but our job is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus because He's the author, the finisher of our faith. And when we keep our eyes on Him, He brings in the miracles, He brings in the breakthrough, He brings in the transformation. Elijah's, Elisha's job was just to keep his eyes on Elijah for the promise to come. He couldn't tell him how to do it. He couldn't show him what to do, but he just had to be ready. As a church right now, can we be ready? 
Pastor Rob may not be able to articulate everything that's in his heart, everything that he believed God's going to do. He might not be able to give you the dots and the T's and all this stuff. But can I encourage you just to be ready? You don't need to know it all. You just need to know him who knows it all. We don't need to be know-it-all Christians. We just need to be know-Jesus Christians. Is that true? There's a lot of know-it-all people who do nothing. Don't be a know-it-all. Be someone who follows and listens to the heartbeat of God because he has one heart, just as this church has one heart. Someone else's anointing will get you to their destination, but what God has put in you will get you to your destiny. Allow what others carry to spark what is in you. Today, don't go, wow, Joshua was awesome. Take what God's Word says and apply it to your life. That's where the power is. The power isn't me motivating you into a sense of security. My job is to encourage you to go out and to be everything that God's called you to be. But I can't do that, people. I'm going to be driving back to Adelaide at some point. I told my daughter it's only going to be eight sleeps. It's ten. So I'm going to have to bring a lot of presents when I get home. She's counting down the sleeps to see me as well, and it's making my heart. I don't have the heart to tell her, so it's safe to say I'm going to be spending a lot of money. So we see Elisha gathering around an anointing. It says in the Bible that Jesus had anointing. Can we go to Luke chapter 4? In our Bibles, if you've got it, Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and then we'll read from verse 16 to 21. So gather around the anointing. And the second point is gather around the king. Because when we gather around the king, things happen. So let's read this in Luke chapter 1, verse, Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. Isn't it interesting here? It's the same river again. It's powerful, isn't it? Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Hang on a second. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Put that as a side note. Write that down and look it up in your own time. And then verse 16 says this. So he came to Nazareth where he was brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has what? Anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable day of the Lord. Isn't it interesting that as Elisha gathered around the anointing, we too are to gather around the anointing of Jesus Christ. And it says here that Jesus' anointing was to bring miracles, was to set people free, was to heal the brokenhearted. It was Jesus' mandate, his message, his mission was to change the world. And just as Jesus had that mission, he has given that to us. See, if we're going to gather around the anointing, the greatest place to ever gather is to gather around the king. There is no greater thing you can do in your life than to gather around Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, don't have Jesus over there. Don't have Jesus as a little cross around your neck. Don't have token Jesus. Has the Jesus who is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the beginning and the end, the Alpha, the Omega. I'm telling you, Jesus is not a baby and a manger anymore. He's the risen King, yeah? It's time we actually remember Jesus, who he is now, that he is seated at the right hand of the Father, that all principalities and power, all authority has been given to him. So we're king's kids. When we gather around the king, we're king's kids. And what flows out of Jesus then flows out of us. In Matthew, there's a story in chapter 8, and it says that Jesus went to Peter's mother-in-law's house. 
and she was sick with a fever. And Jesus comes into that room. I love this. Sees her sick and goes, she can't be sick because I'm in the room. And he touches her and she gets up. And not only does she just get up and be healed, but she says, hang on, now I'm going to serve some dinner. I love that Jesus comes to heal us, but isn't come to just leave us there. He comes to heal us and then allow us to enter into our destiny. Isn't that true? Jesus doesn't save you, set you free so that you can go on doing what you used to do. He set you free to change you, to transform you, to encourage you to be more like Him, and then to release you in your destiny. She gets up well and starts making a cake or making coffee. I don't know what, maybe a cup of tea if you're English. Hallelujah. But it says that in that scripture, in in around verse 22, it says that Jesus went and healed everyone. Isn't it interesting that when we gather around the king, we then gather around the miracles? See, Jesus went about doing good to all he encountered. How about this as one heart church, that if we're gathering around the king, then what's on the king is going to flow out of this house. So if what's on the king was miracles, then how about miracles begin to flow out of this house? I believe it. I want to see it. Uh, if we're going to be Pentecostals, let's see the power of God flowing. Amen. Do you know what it actually says? Hang on. I'm just going to get on my knees for this because this humbles me. But it says that signs and wonders follow the preaching of the word. We are preaching right now. So there is a demand. There is a promise that signs and wonders are going to follow. the pre- Not the preaching of Josh or Pastor Rob or Pastor Pauline. Not that the preaching of God's word, signs and wonders follow. See, if we're going to gather around the king, then we're going to gather around the miracles. The other thing we're going to gather around if we're gathering around the king is his glory. In 2 Chronicles, Solomon builds the temple and they gather the priests. I love in the Bible because it's all about gathering, isn't it? It's all about coming together. Jesus said, we're two or three, gather there I am in their midst. If, if they agree on earth, it shall be done. There's, there's power in numbers, yeah? There is power in brothers and sisters in Christ coming together. I'm telling you, Satan has tried to stop it. It's time that we just took that down and started gathering. Is that true? Oh, that, that's maybe again. Am I allowed to say that, Pastor Rob? At, at this time, we're allowed to gather. How about this? I'll rephrase that. Let's not go against the government. That would be silly for me to say that. But how about in this time of ability to gather, how about we make the most of it? How about we make the most of this gathering right now? In Second Chronicles chapter 5, they build the temple. And they gather the priests and they gather the musicians. They're doing church, just like we do. Penny, who did a great job today, she was ready to sing. As she does. A lot better than that. On the drums, getting ready to bang the cymbals. And they're all thinking, yeah, we're going to have a religious day today. But what they didn't anticipate was the glory of the Lord filling the temple. Do you know the glory of the Lord? Moses says to to the Lord, he says, I don't want to go to the promised land if you don't come with me. And Moses actually says to the Lord, he says, I want to see your glory. And the Lord actually, actually refers to his glory as his goodness in the scriptures. How about in our lives, the glory of the Lord begins to flow? How about as as Christians, as believers, we begin to gather around the glory, not just in this room right now where it's easy because you've got the lights and you've got the cameras and the action, but what about when you're at home and it's just you and your husband? 
or you and your wife? How about we gather around the glory of the Lord? Or how about this? How about we gather around the goodness of God in our homes, in our workplaces, in our families? How about it's time, I believe, that the glory of the Lord should be manifesting in every area of our life. Where people can come into our homes and go, wow, what is that in this place? I was trying to think of what an air freshener is. That's not Glen 20 as you suppose. But that was what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. How about in our homes we gather around the glory? See, when the glory of the Lord fell in the temple, they couldn't minister anymore. They were undone. Can we be a place at a place of undoing? Can we be at a place where we're driving along and the presence of God comes in our car and we just have to pull over? There's been so many times in my life where I'm worshipping and just bawling my eyes and I get to the lights and someone looks over and you look over and you're just snot going everywhere. And you're like, yeah, that's just the anointing, baby. It's just the goodness of God. But can we have more of that in our lives? Because when we're gathering around the King, we're gathering around the miracles and we're gathering around the glory. It's not just for Sunday people. In the scriptures, Jesus says many times that I'm going to have to die, but I will be raised from the dead. He says this multiple times to the disciples. But as we know, when it comes up to the death of Jesus, that Peter denies him three times, and, and the others scatter because of fear, what do you gather around in times of uncertainty? Do you gather around your old life? Do you gather around old habits or old feelings or old emotions? Or do you gather around the promises of God? See, as believers, the, our whole Christianity is hinged on the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is that true? So we look at the cross, and being after that, we can gather around that cross as a significant moment where there was victory. Is anyone like that believe that? Say amen if you believe that we have victory through the cross of Jesus and his resurrection. But in those days, before it happened, Jesus warned them it's going to take place, but they had forgotten and they dispersed abroad. There was a few women in those days, good on you women, champions, that stayed around. They remembered the words of Jesus and they hung around. Can I encourage you that in times of uncertainty, our job is sometimes just to hang around? When times when your friend annoys you, your pastor annoys you, but Pastor Rob would never do that. He's just perfect. But when times of offense, our job is not to get huffy and puffy, but our job is just to stay around. See, when Jesus was crucified, the disciples forgot about the words of Jesus. They forgot, hang on, this has got to happen. He's going to be handed over, but there's going to be a time of resurrection. Can I encourage you that when there's uncertainty, to gather around the promises of God. See, His Word is true. Heaven and earth may pass away, but doesn't it say that His Word will remain forever? When we don't know what's going on, there's a great chance that His Word will tell us. What are you gathering around in uncertainty? The disciples in this moment, they gathered around their old life. They went back fishing. 
But the ladies, they hung around. They said, no, something's going to happen. Yes, it was gruesome. Yes, it was painful. Yes, it was upsetting. But they knew something was going to come. Isn't there joy in the morning with God? We may go through trials and tribulations, but Jesus said this, take heart for I have overcome the world. See, they've forgotten about this. But I love this. These ladies gather around and they're witnessing firsthand what happened. They may have done it off afar, but they were waiting to see. And I love this in John chapter 20. Can we go there? John chapter 20, verse 1. If you've got it in your Bibles, say amen. It may be up on the screen. John chapter 20, verse 1. It says, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb Early. There is something about getting up early and doing something, isn't there? Who loves getting up early in this place? Is anyone an early riser? Yeah, all the farmers said amen. <laughs> so she got up early and went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter. I love this story because the boys are doing their thing, but the girls are the one that are faithful and they keep, man, that is my wife right there. I miss her. So they ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. So we have the women here who are about to dress up the past. Because what was custom to do with a body in those days was to put spices over it and dress it up. But because of the way Jesus was crucified, there was no time to do the rituals. There was no time to do the traditions. It was all just chaos and crazy. Doesn't that feel like our lives sometimes? So the ladies here, they, they get up early and they say, no, we're going to do what we need to do in the natural. But what they encounter as they're moving in the natural is the supernatural move of God. See, isn't it interesting that we do what we can do, but God does what only He can do. See, it's our natural aligning with the heart of God and aligning with the supernatural that then comes together and does something amazing in our lives. Let me tell you that nothing we can do is great, but everything that He does is great. We just do our little with what we have, but God does everything with what He has. So they come, they come to dress Jesus. We're just going to dress up the body. We're going to make the past look nice. But the thing is, they didn't encounter their past. What they encountered when they walked into that tomb was their future. Let me tell you, don't visit dead places to find things alive. Don't visit your old life and try and spice it up. It'll never work, but come to the life-giving spirit that comes through Jesus Christ. Come to the place of resurrection. So they come there, and I love this because Jesus, in those three days, he dealt with hell. He grabbed the keys of sin and death in his hand, and he grabbed them, and he defeated the enemy that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ will be saved. Doesn't it say that in the Scriptures? That he overcame sickness, disease, pain, sin, suffering, and all we have to do is believe in him, and we shall be saved. So while Jesus is doing that stuff, he has time 
to fold the linen cloth. Not only is he bruising his heel on Satan, but he's grabbing the linen and he's making it right. He's putting it in a place where he desires it to be. Isn't it that like our church? Doesn't it say that Jesus is coming back for this church without spot or wrinkle? Because this church isn't just one heart church. It's actually the bride of Christ. So it says that he's, he, he folded the handkerchief that was around his head and he placed it there. It's a picture of the church. To let me tell you that in this moment, there is enough time for Jesus to do what he needs to do. In your life right now, God always has enough time. You may think there is no time. You may think there is no hope. Let me tell you, with God, all things are possible. So in the midst of taking the keys back, conquering sin and death, Jesus folds the garment and he gets rid of the wrinkles. Can I encourage you today that God wants to get rid of your wrinkles? And I'm not talking about Maybelline or Ole. What other ones are there? I'm not talking about that. See, these bodies, they're going to fade away. What he wants to revive is your soul. What he wants to revive is your spirit. What he wants to grab a hold of is not your physical body. I'm telling you, this stuff doesn't make me a Christian. These shoes don't make me a preacher. What makes me a Christian is what he's done on the inside of me. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter where you've been. It's what he's done on the inside that comes out. Isn't that true? Don't worry about what brands you have. Don't worry about how good your hair looks. Just worry about getting in love with Jesus Christ. See, when we're gathered around the king, what's on the king flows. What's on the king. So Jesus gave us another promise. If we could have the fire up again and maybe the keyboard. <laughs> we might get the band or just the keyboard. I don't know. Whatever you feel like doing, Penny. See, Jesus gave them a promise about his resurrection. But when he ascended to heaven, he gave them a promise about a helper. See, we're talking about gathering around the fire today. And I've particularly chose a campfire. Can we have the sound effects? Is that all right? I just want to take you to the, the camping. Who loves camping in this place? It's all right. But you can hear the crackle. See, the thing about a campfire is the closer you get, the warmer it is, yeah? Who's ever been camping and the front half of you is boiling hot, but the back half freezing cold? You've got to warm up your back. And then you touch your jeans and it burns you. Has anyone ever done that? You're like, I'm freezing. You're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not. See, but this is the picture of the church that, that we're all good. Yeah, we can just get warm from here. I don't want to enter in, but I'll just get a little bit warm from here. But the reality is you don't take that warmth with you. See, if we're going to gather around the kingdom, what's on him has to flow out of us. Jesus said, out of, your, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's time for that life-giving spirit to flow in this house, not today on a Sunday, but on your Monday, on your Tuesday, on your Wednesday, on your Thursday. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to rise up and to be who God's called us to be. I'm telling you right now, God is folding garments. He's ironing creases in your life. There's people with addictions in this place. There's people with sicknesses in this place that is holding them back. And what God wants to do is bring out His iron and make that right. He wants to heal those things that are broken in your life so that you can be everything that He's called you to be. See, it's all good being this far, but God really wants us to gather this close. He wants us to gather around. I love fires because when you gather around, you all come close to one another. And isn't it interesting you start talking about old stories? You've always got the guy who caught a fish this big, but it's this big, and every year it gets bigger. That's me. But the other thing the fire does, it brings out vulnerability. 
brings out vulnerability in you and, it's, and it's, it speaks of safety. Can I encourage you that this is a safe place because the Spirit of God's here? That you're able to cry, you're able to laugh, you're able to get on your knees because you're gathering around the King and nothing else matters. That this is a safe house. And what the Lord wants us to do today is gather around the fire. Together around the King and not just to say, that's my Jesus around my neck, but to actually say, that's my friend. That's my King. I know Him. Can we stand in this house if you're able See, Jesus said, don't depart because there's a promise coming. Don't leave this place. Don't tap out. Don't lose focus because something's about to shift. Can I declare that over this atmosphere that something's about to shift? Don't lose focus. Don't get distracted right now, but keep your eyes on the King. He's going to do something. I'm telling you, I'm going to pray for people. This thing's going to be broken in this place. There is people who have been struggling with things for many years that God's just going to snap those chains today. So Jesus said to him, there's a promise coming from my Father, gathering in an upper room. Do you know there was over 500 people at, at Jesus' words, at his, at his little preach that he did? But there was only 120 in the upper room. Look at how many people got distracted and couldn't be bothered waiting it out. But it's the 120 that were in that room that were filled to overflowing, that their lives were changed. Peter gets up and he's the one denied Jesus. All of a sudden gets up and preaches the first message that has ever been preached. So right now we have an opportunity. You can just get your back a little bit warm. You can look at the fire from a distance. Or you can get up close and say, Lord, what is on you? I need it. If it's healing, I want it. If it's peace, I want it. If it's love, I want it. Lord, I want everything. It's time as the church that we entered into the fullness. Fullness. Pastor Rob said that before, our cup runneth over. There's people who are satisfied with three quarters, but the Lord wants you to flow over, flow over, flow over, flow over. And I declare that right now in this atmosphere. If you don't know Jesus in this place, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life and just said, yeah, I need him, this is the opportunity to do that. This is the moment to do that. The greatest thing you could ever do is gather around Jesus Christ. Give Him your life. If you're in this place and you haven't said yes to Jesus, you haven't made that decision to live for Him and make Him Lord, can I see your hand right now? There's no one looking around. Can we just keep our eyes? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're not living right in this place and you just need to get your back on track, you just need to stay, yep, I know where I need to be. If that's you in this place, can you just raise your hand so I can see it? Just raise it up and you can put it straight down. Is there anyone in this place? If you don't feel confident to put your hand up, I want to encourage you, don't let me go without tackling me down. If you don't know Jesus, don't leave this place. If your heart's not right, don't leave here without getting it right. Come and see me. I don't need to do the stage thing. I'll come and be where you are. The other thing I want to pray for right now is you've been away from the fire. You've been a bystander. You may have been happy to get the fire going, but as soon as it's going, you leave. You're happy to do the religious duties and get all the wood and all this stuff, but as soon as it's burning and the Spirit of God's moving, you're just like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm checking out now. If that's you right now, I want you to come to the front. I want to open the altar. If you need a fresh touch from heaven, I want to open the altar. There's going to be a bold person that's got to come down. The band's up. And what we'll do is we're going to worship right now, just for a moment. 
and I'm going to come down off the stage and I'm going to meet you here. I know it always takes a few moments, but once one comes, the flood gets open. If you need a fresh touch from God, come down right now. If we just worship, guys, and I'll just go down here and I want to make this personal. This is not a show. This is not a spectacle. I didn't come here to be a legend. I came here to allow God to do something. This is just an opportunity for Him, yeah? Oh, there's healings in this place right now. There is faith in this room. So as the band sing, and I'm going to pray, and just keep coming if you want prayer. God bless you.